Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Coach Taku listeners, this is your luscious nerdy host, Christina Stathopoulos, here with my gorgeous, brilliant co-host, Mary. And we're finally doing it, folks. It's a goddamn Naruto episode. So I don't think I should have to give an implicate like an introduction to what Naruto is. It's survived generations of memes, generations of anime episodes, generations of filler arcs, generations of headbands being sold at Hot Topic. But if somehow you didn't know, it's the really loud blonde ninja that dresses up in orange and blue that's on a mission to become the Hokage or basically the leader of his village and the quirky antics that go along the way of being a ninja. Mary, are you ready to get into this one? I'm so ready. I'm so excited. And we're going to be talking about project design, which is one of the tools that both Christina and I learned in accomplishment coaching, the training program that we went through. And also it's, uh, I think you hear, you'll hear a lot in coaching life by design. So what does that actually mean? We're going to apply Naruto to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stick with us. But basically what you need to know is that it's about goal setting. Like, what is it that you want to create in your life? And what are the steps? And here's a tool and the resources that you can actually use for yourselves as we go through. Yeah. And the only thing I'll add before we get into it is, as Mary is saying, like, we call it project design. It's basically goal setting. And there are a million and one tools for goal setting. But what I would assert is the fact that Naruto's journey so perfectly encapsulates ours and becomes Hokage. Oops, spoiler. Guess what? He became Hokage. I would assert that it's a pretty nifty one. And so starting at the very beginning, um, think about it a sec. When's the last time you made a goal? When's the last time you put down to paper what it is you want? My guess is what might have been missing when you wrote it down was the question, the answer to the question, why do you want it? So not just what you want, but why do you want it? And what we would call that is step one, aka the objective. So Mary, want to lay out for us what Naruto's objective was in case we haven't already (laughs) spoiled it in any any way? Well, Christina, (laughs) Naruto's objective is to become Hokage, or basically the leader of his tribe, of the leaf community. And that's his goal from day one. But it's also important, as Christina mentioned, to talk about, well, why does he want this? Because when you think about it for yourself, and I think one of the easiest examples is like weight loss because it's, it's, uh, it has actual numbers to it. <laughs> so it's tangible. When you think about why you want to gain or lose weight, one, there's a, maybe you just want to look nice, but what's actually driving that? Is it about your health? Is it about wellness? And in Naruto's case, my assertion is that he wants to become Hokage because he wants friends. He wants to be 
let in. You know, he wants to be a part of something because in the very beginning, he's not. He's alone by himself. Yeah. And the thing that I would add to this is I would say the number one reason why even if you follow all the steps that we're listing out, people still don't accomplish their goals is because the vision that they create around them is not powerful enough for when it gets hard or complicated or you hit roadblocks or just in general, you feel like giving up. And we see this with Naruto because yes, it's about wanting friends. It's about wanting community. And and ultimately it's a vision of proving himself, like actually stepping forward and having people see him for how freaking exceptional that he is. And that commitment is powerful enough for him to literally test the odds over and over and over again to fulfill on it. Versus what I would argue is if you, if you look at some of the other characters and you know, their visions for themselves or their missions, that's typically the gap. Like they say they want it, but they're not willing to do the work for it. Or they say they're committed to it, but then as soon as they get scared, they run for the hills. And I think one arc that demonstrates this really well is just watching the Genins go through the tuning exam. Like you very quickly see everyone starts being like, yeah, I want to get promoted to Chunin. But it's such a rigorous and literally life-threatening process that those that didn't mean it run for the hills immediately. So clearly their vision or their objective wasn't potent enough for them to fulfill on it. So when you're thinking about this for yourself, yes, you have the objective, but also is your what for strong enough to keep you going over and over again? And I think what's cool about Nanuto's is that, and you'll find this for yourself as you go through different projects, is that that underlying thing can change over time as you're going through the project, you know, and you might have to recreate it at some point, but we'll talk about that in a few. Want to walk us through our next step, Christina? Yeah. So once you, once you're clear on what you want in your objective, the next best place to look at are what are the skills that you have to accomplish fulfilling on this objective? And I think what, what's really cool about the series is because they're students in some ways, they're naturally creating like report cards and inventory of the skills that they have. And so for Naruto, like he has physical strength. He is motivated. He is resilient. He's willing to practice the same thing over and over and over again until he gets it. And so what's valuable about this step is it allows you to see what you already have in place to help you reach your goal. And sometimes it's, it's also useful to take inventory of this because you can start to see what you might need or what you don't have. And it, it's, I think what really sets the wheel in motions for this whole series is immediately you have Naruto who wants to be seen as a leader and seen as incredible. And immediately he feels like the skill that he's missing is his ninjutsu. Like he doesn't have enough techniques to actually like back up his big talk. And so you see him steal this forbidden scroll and learn his inevitable signature technique of the shadow clone. Because he realizes like, oh, like if I want to be a leader, I got to be a great ninja. Like I have to actually build my credibility. So I have to build the skills that I have to reach that level of credibility. I think the only thing I would add to this is that it's also helpful to see what skills you do have. Sometimes we don't realize all the things that we have in our arsenal that can actually help us reach our goal. And taking the time to actually list them out and see them makes you think, 
oh yeah, I can do this. I do have the skills. And those that I don't, I can go out and reach. Which leads us to our next point, our next, yeah, our next step, which is resources. And in resources, at least in accomplishment coaching, we talk about them in two different ways. We talk about people resources and non-people resources. And those people resources are those people that are going to help us accomplish that goal versus non-people resources obviously means that don't include people, sort of like the ninja scroll. But Christina, give us some examples about some people resources that Naruto has. Yeah, I mean, I, you see it from the get-go. I would say the very first person that's really Naruto's biggest cheerleader is Irika sensei Because he, like, first of all, he's his teacher. Second of all, he super believes in him and he loves him. So immediately, so this is the other cool thing about it, is when you're creating resources, notice if all of your resources serve the same purpose. What I mean by that is Irika sensei is like the cheerleader. Like he's the loving one, the one that believes in Naruto. And while that's super useful, Hiroka Sensei is a somewhat talented ninja, but he's certainly not the best of the best. And so if Naruto needs someone who's going to teach him new techniques and strategies, well, he, he's short on resources. And so I think what's really great about Naruto is his goal is to create community. And you see that even among his resources, he has that. He has Kakashi-sensei, Kakashi who becomes the person that teaches him strategy and critical thinking. He has Jiraiya, who literally becomes the one to the mentor who passes down all these rich techniques. He has Sasuke and Sakura, who are his teammates and, you know, fulfill on succeeding on missions together. So he actually creates a lot of different people resources in his life to support him on this mission. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I think as he's leveling up, as he's accumulating skills, he actually built his people resources more and more, which is also really cool to watch. But for non-people resources, I would say that the nine-tailed fox demon that he carries inside his body is probably a huge resource <laughs> because the nine-tailed fox actually gives him a lot of chakra or energy, which enables him to perform these complicated ninjutsu and um, other, ability, all the other ninja-like abilities that other people may not necessarily have access to. I would also say like the schools are non-people resources, the scrolls that he accesses, um, other Jinchuriki or other demons, other monster demons that are in people also resources because he works with all of them at some point to kind of build his arsenal of, of, of abilities. Yeah, and so before we move on to the next step, like we we've done a really great job showcasing how Naruto has skills and has resources to help him succeed. But I'm curious, Mary, given the, I would assert, hundreds of characters that are in this series who have, all have goals on their own and, and have a range of success or lack thereof with meeting those goals, like who are some of the characters who were maybe lacking in the resources department or who got creative with coming up with how their skills could serve them? I think one of my favorites is probably Gara. And when we talk about resources that he's missing, I would say that he's missing people resources because everybody's scared of him, right? He has a, a uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Monster demon? Like a Jichiriki that is brutal. He's murderous. And so anytime anyone gets near him, the raccoon that he has inside of him actually kills people. So he doesn't have a lot of friends. 
So I would say in terms of people resources, he's strongly lacking there. (laughs) However, I think he manages to overcome that by meeting Naruto. And I think in meeting Naruto, he is able to access a different part of himself, is able to make a friendship with Naruto, and that enables him to actually relate to other people around him differently. And also relating to himself and his inner monster differently which allows them to create a collaborative relationship. Yeah, I love that example. Also, only in an anime podcast could you say the raccoon that lives inside of him and me be like, yeah, makes complete sense. That was absolutely a logical plot point. (laughs) Um, But you know, the character I was thinking of, even as I was posing the question, is uh, Rock Lee. And specifically because if you look in the skills category, uh, Lee is at as what most people would call a deficit. You know, there's three different ways to be a ninja. You've got genjutsu, ninjutsu, taijutsu, you know, like mind, uh, chi related and and physical fighting. And he only has taijutsu in his arsenal. Like he sucks at the other two. And I think what's so impressive about it is that for some people, that in itself would become a big enough roadblock to not keep going. And what I really acknowledge Lee for is because his, his natural skills are so limited, he purposefully creates resources to support him and back him up. And you see that with Guy Sensei, who's like, hey, if Taijutsu is all you got, I'm going to make you the best Taijutsu user ever. And so he uses his resources as backup for the limited skill set that he has. And so the resources support him in just becoming so freaking skilled but it's okay. And he can still go out and achieve what it is he desires. I love those two so much. They're so cool. And just like the, just like the friendship that a guy Sensei has with Kakashi and the relationship that Rock Lee has with Nanatsu is really fun to watch too. Ready for the next one? So our next step is milestones. And when you think of milestones, it's like, what are those things in between now and the objective that I need to meet. So for Naruto, I think the easiest way to relate to this is like all those different leveling up abilities. So first he learns the shadow clone, then he learns another technique and it's technique after technique that makes him stronger, that builds community, that actually gets him one step closer to his goal. What would you say, Christina? You know, it's interesting because truthfully, I would assert that milestones are probably the weakest part of any of the characters in Naruto. And in some ways, we just got to break the fourth wall. And naturally, what becomes the milestones is the fact that there's a writer writing this character's story and deciding for themselves, like, okay, yeah, this is going to go on for 20 years, and then it's going to end. So at the end of the 20th year, you know, Naruto is going to be Hokage. And I reference this because mile, like the reason why milestones matter is they create momentum. So one place that this does exist in the series outside of the writer writing it is that there's natural levels to being a ninja. And so one place that you can look where a lot of the ninja students naturally look is, okay, well, I've graduated as a genin. The next level would become would be to become a chunin. And so when you can visualize what those milestones are, they're also going to inform, again, what resources and skills you need to hit them. And so what I love about the series is one place where this does work is you see that Naruto realizes like, oh, all my other, you know, Sasuke's deserted to go and get more power. 
I need even more power than he has. Like, who do I turn to? And he naturally creates the ability to turn to Jariah, who will support him in developing skills and techniques to continue to grow as a ninja, both in service of his vision of becoming Hokage and also in his side mission of, you know, uh, proving his undying love for his biffer, Sasuke, so to speak. Nice. Yeah. So when you're thinking about a product design, usually we have not just a strong vision, not just a strong goal, not just a strong objective, but we actually have a timeline attached to it. So by when do you want to become Hokage? And as Christina pointed out, in this case, there isn't a really strong by when (laughs) since the series kind of went on forever. But when, so in terms of like milestones, it's like, well, by when do you want to reach this specific ability? By when do you want to reach that specific ability? By when do you want to be here? By when do you want to be Hokage? Because that actually helps you think about what you need to do, what action you need to take to reach that goal, to reach that milestone in order to get to your big goal. Um, so I think you're right in, in that it's just, the, probably the weakest part, but I also think that um, they do it beautifully in that he's always moving forward. Like one of the things that I admire about Naruto is that he doesn't stop and he just keeps going. And it's like, well, I'm going to get there. I don't care how long it takes. I am going to reach my goal. Yeah. And I think to your point, Mary, we had hinted at this earlier, but Sometimes the objective does require reinvention. And so what I mean by that, when Naruto first starts his journey, his biggest problem is that people don't like him. And by the end of the series, part of parts of his problems include like legit world-ending villains and space-time continuum morphing and bending and demons and alien like I won't I will get into all of the mayhem that happen, happens at the end of the series, but certainly way more obstacles present themselves than what Naruto originally thought. And so to your point, like part of Naruto's superpower is he's resilient and willing to reinvent. So he doesn't give up on the goal, but he does continuously ask himself, like, well, do I still want this and why? And if I do still want it, now what's next? Okay, it used to just be, you know, graduating and getting promoted a bunch. Now it's about saving the world. Okay, I, I guess I'll go do that then. Um, which, is, which is why, like, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, like, well, that sounds exhausting if you're constantly reinventing. If there's all these different milestones, how do you keep momentum for yourself? And I think that, tra- that transitions us to the, the final piece of this which are rewards. And so oftentimes what I notice as a coach is we seem to think that reaching the goal is the reward. And I want to be clear, yeah, like reaching your goal should feel like should feel rewarding and you you should get to celebrate that. But there's power in reinforcing your optimism and your momentum and and all that you've done by actually rewarding yourself for it. And what I love about this series is is it like recreated a craze around ramen because for Naruto, like one of the biggest ways that he is consistent in rewarding himself is by eating ramen, by treating himself to his favorite food on the planet. Positive reinforcement goes such a long way because it's actually those little things that keep you in action and keep you going. So for each milestone that you get to, for each milestone that Naruto gets to, he's able to treat himself to like 
I don't know, 20 bowls of ramen. I, I don't count them. They're just bowls upon bowls. But if you think about this for yourself in a project that you're having or creating for yourself, like what are those rewards that would keep you going, that would be fun for you? Whether, And when we talk about rewards, it doesn't have to be big. It could be something as giving yourself a day off, uh, giving yourself an extra hour to read a book, taking yourself out for a massage. Those are rewards that can actually provide positive reinforcement to keep you going to your big goal. Yeah. So it's as simple as that. If you follow these five steps we've outlined, you'll definitely become Hokage. Ta-da! No, but all jokes aside, as we've mentioned, Naruto is a great character in his own series to talk about this because he is someone that reaches his goals and he is someone that we can pinpoint the clarity with which he has around these things. But I'm wondering, Mary, like if you had a chance to go back and coach any of these folks, either because some pieces for them are lacking or just because you think it would be a blast to get a chance to coach a ninja, who would it be and why? I thought about this a lot, Christina, and give it a lot of thought. And I think one of the people that I would definitely want to coach is Hinata. <laughs> I love Hinata. I mean, this woman has so much power in her, but she has a lot of confidence issues that get in the way and you can see that just even by the way that she um carries herself and the way that she speaks so i'd love to work with her around owning her voice owning her power being more bold what about you who would you like to go to why yeah for me one of my favorite characters in the series that I also consider a bit of an anomaly is Shikamaru. And so for those of you who may not know him or remember him, Shikamaru is like a literal genius. Like he's one of the smartest in Naruto's class, but you'd never know it because he's so lazy and bored and he's not easily motivated by things. And I think the reason I would want to work with him is because you really only see his leadership sign like shine in response or in reaction to when things are problems. And I think the most gut-wrenching gut wrenching example of this as a spoiler alert is when he discovers that his sensei, Asuma, is killed in battle. Like that becomes a pivotal moment for him to suddenly take his own contribution as a ninja seriously. That's a really heavy reason to finally like develop a what for or a vision for why you want to have an impact on the planet. And so I would love to coach Shikamaru to actually start at square one. Like you have all these skills, you have all these resources, but none of, you're not motivated to head anywhere. And what's that about? And what could you be motivated to head towards? Because you have so many gifts that could make a difference for people and make a difference for your village. I love that. And I think... The last thing I'd like to say about all of this is that reaching a goal, especially a big goal like this, is not very easy when you're doing it alone. <laughs> so when you have goals like this, accountability goes a really long way. So if you're creating a project for yourself, share it. You know, have a partner in some way, whether it doesn't have to be a coach necessarily, although having a coach helps. It can be your friend, it could be your partner, it can be a family member, someone who's really going to hold you to what you say you want to do. Yeah, which is why, you know, as a quick as a quick love fest, that's why I like I'm so grateful that we've created this podcast together, Mary. Because for those of you that don't know, like just speaking for myself, I wanted a podcast for years. And it's literally taken having a partner that will be my resource, contribute her own skills, create milestones with me around how to produce episodes. Like we've created project design for this podcast, not to get to coaching within a coaching, not to get to an inception about it. 
Um, but you know, even we as coaches need to create these structures for support and for, you know, moving along to what we want. So thanks for being my partner, Mary. Oh my God. Thank you. This has been absolutely amazing. And I think one of the reasons this works well is because we don't let each other off the hook. One is, is a lot of fun, but two, we both have skills, abilities, resources that kind of fill each other's gaps in some areas, which is so much fun and so good. And it's a pleasure to work with people like that on projects, you know, people who are going to be in it with you. So find the people that are going to be in it with you and they're going to work together with you to create something. Yeah. Oh, so juicy. So if you didn't hear that, folks, it's a reminder, create community and the people around you that will hold you to what it is you want. And so if you know who those people are, send them some love. And if you don't know, maybe shoot us a message and we can help you figure that out. But in the meantime, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Naruto is a massive series and we really only like scraped the surface of it. So if there are other themes that really get you jazzed about it that you'd love for us to talk about, feel free to shoot us an email and let us know. And similarly, I love Shonen and I feel like there's so many that sometimes I don't even know which ones to cover. So if you've been super into something right now, whether it's retro or current, shoot us a message and let us know because I'm looking forward to my next fall binge anyway. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us comments and just messages. Show us love. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.